listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network, currently sponsored by our good friends over at Athletic Greens. Check them out. Links in the description. And for more information, visit the website that is detailed below. We thank them, of course, for their kind sponsorship. It's Sunday night and I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to get some of our channel members involved. Now, I know that I've been shit at this and I know that this is something I should have done ages ago and I've been wanting to do it I promise you just everything seems to get in the way time disappears so quickly and anytime I'm not on here or running after babies I just want to sleep to be honest with you Uh, but we are here now and we are live and I am joined by some of our fantastic members really looking forward uh, to chatting to these guys about all things Arsenal Uh, first of all let's bring in uh, the brilliant uh, Tariq how you doing mate welcome Hey, Harry. I'm good, thank you. I really appreciate us you getting us on here. And it's been a good weekend, hasn't it? Um, without the Arsenal playing, given the teams around us. Yeah, definitely. When you consider that we haven't even kicked the football yet, it feels like we've gained. It's It's been a good weekend. Um, Tariq, I just want to let you do this plug before we get into the show, because there's a good chance that we'll get into it and I'll forget. So tell people about your YouTube channel, what you do on it, where they can find it and how they can subscribe. Yeah, Chronicles of Aguna community. You can come over and subscribe to Tariq Talks. If you want to watch a lot more with the, to do with Premier League football, any AFCON content, anything like that, all things football, not like Harry himself because he's doing a smashing job talking about Arsenal. Um, and you know what? Come hear my opinions and let's get chatting. I want to hear yours as well. All things football. So yeah, we've already got a few people a part of the Chronicles of Aguna uh, community like these two here um, that come in and Matt and loads more steve joe so yeah appreciate that no worries at all uh let's also welcome chris moss to the show chris how you doing mate very well very well thank you tell our listeners where it is you are joining us from because you're not exactly local sunny cold saskatoon saskatchewan canada <laughs> what's Tried the to weather? say that a couple of times yeah, I, I think I need to practice that for next time. What's the weather like over there currently? Because I know you, you always comment like it's minus this and it's minus that. Yeah, it's, How is it's, it at the moment? It's springtime, man. Sunny, minus one, snow melting, <laughs> dirty as heck out. Yeah. Hey, Moss, tell him what it was um, about a week yeah. ago. Yeah, it was up to almost minus 40, but like felt like almost minus 50. I honestly think I would die in those conditions. <laughs> I'm, Greenbone, I'm sick. Greenbone I'm sick. Travis I'm says it's impossible, but no, <laughs> we're used to it. <laughs> and that's a nice way to segue into bringing in our other guest, uh, Trev. How are you doing, mate? Sporting the beautiful uh, Arsenal shirt that you won in our competition. Good to see you. I'm <laughs> doing fine, Harry. Um, Tariq Moss, how are you doing, guys? Um, happy Hello. Sunday evening. Happy Sunday evening, yeah. indeed. Uh, guys, don't forget, Afternoon. if you're 
afternoon there you go (laughs) if you're watching us live currently don't forget to hit that like button make sure you're subscribed to the channel as well it is very very much appreciated if you're listening via the audio platform uh please do leave us a review as well big hello to everybody joining us live in the chat right now uh i'm not going to go through you all individually because there's too many of you but thank you all for coming along uh as i said right at the top of the show this is our first real members stream and from week to week we're going to be getting a selection of our members on to come on and basically share their views and opinions on whatever the hot topics are surrounding arsenal and of course the big topic this week has been with regards to the north london derby's postponement now A lot of you will have seen that I got a lot of crap for basically uh, suggesting that Liverpool uh, were wrong to request uh, the game be postponed, the first leg of that Carabao Cup semi-final. And um, I just want to start off by basically clearing up my position on that and why I think that the Arsenal situation is very different. Uh, You know, people have said, oh, you're a hypocrite. You're this, you're that. Arsenal have had a game postponed because they can't meet the requirements for a game. And I just want to draw you guys' attention um, to what it actually says on the Premier League's website with regards to postponements. It says, where a club has been unable to field 13 outfield players and a goalkeeper for a match due to COVID-19 infections, injuries, illness and or those isolating. So the rule doesn't say that all your absentees have to be COVID cases. It doesn't say that at all. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure or sort of clear that up because it's it's not just about that. Someone's phone's ringing. Whose phone's ringing? Moss, I think. Moss. (laughs) Don't mind. But yeah, just just going back to that point, it isn't just about COVID cases. It's about making sure that you've got enough players to fulfil the fixture. And unfortunately, Arsenal haven't. My big problem with the Liverpool request was that that request came prior to those cases being confirmed. And then Liverpool turned around and said that they were all false positives. And that, for me, just felt like they were playing a game. So I do think this is really, really different. Um, But anyway, uh, Tariq, what have you made of the reaction to the game being postponed? Because everybody's kind of, everybody outside of the Arsenal sphere has basically gone mad about it. Um, You know, they've called us cheats. They said that we're playing the system. But ultimately, when... There's been 20 postponements in the Premier League, most of which have been due to COVID and injuries. How can people then stick the boot in on Arsenal? I've been quite surprised with the reaction, to be honest, because as you said, the 20 plus Premier League games that have been postponed previously. But for what it says to me is, you know what, we're relevant again. I feel that in that way because I've been speaking to a lot of fans in particular. Um, When it happened, I remember looking at my phone in the morning and then you're just popping off in the group chats that I'm with with different fans. And I thought, okay, why is all this energy, even the likes of, you know, pundits have come out and spoken about it, the likes of Gary Neville saying it's wrong. and But it just feels quite, in, in a way, it's just, I'm I'm baffled by it. I'm baffled by why the rules have been clear. People need to understand this. The rules have been stated loud and clear. If you have a look on the Premier League website, 13 outfield players must be available. And we have a case within our squad and injuries and those things, they're all a part of it. So if we can't able, if we're unable to field that, then it makes total sense. What I Because it, whether it's one or 10, people need to understand that. And in particular, H, I've been seeing Chelsea fans having a lot of 
problems because they tried to get the game postponed against Wolves. However, Chelsea, this is what happens when you stockpile players. When you continue to have a large squad of with the players like Ross Barkley, Loftus-Cheek, who barely get a minute. But when you're having those players available, even if you have 10 cases within your squad, but you're eight, but you've got 15 outfield players to choose from and they name two goalkeepers on the bench, then you have to fulfil that game. We have a smaller squad, yes, because we've let players go within the transfer window already, Balogun, Maitland-Niles, and Pablo Mari is looking to be leaving as well. So we are we are short. And if COVID has an impact on that, then we should be able to, because we talk a lot about players' welfare as well um, in terms of injuries. So do you expect these players to play continuous games if just because... Um, and what Mikel Arteta would have probably done is rotate in these in in with the short space of time from the Liverpool game and the Spurs one in certain ways. So, and we even had to play, um, and it's it's just crazy. But I just want to mention as well, just to end end up on where at the start of the season, where was this energy from Brentford and Chelsea? Where was all this? Um, you know, oh, it's not right actually. Arsenal are playing. Um, let's give them credit. Let's not. Let's not go too far into them because um, Ben White, he played against Brentford, struggled, and then what happened the next week? He didn't play because yeah. he so he may have been struggling it from then. And even then, at that point, the self isolation period was a lot longer than five, seven days, whatever it is now. <clears throat> Chris, let me bring you in on this because the thing that's that's really irritated me about it is the the fact that it, that it does feel like there's a bit of a double standard. Now, my my stance has been that where games should be played they should be played. And I actually think that the Premier League opened up a can of worms by granting so many postponements earlier on that now when faced with this request from Arsenal, they almost couldn't say no. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I've agreed with you all along. Like not being definite on the rules this whole season, I go, there's going to be something bad that happens along the way here. Guaranteed. And um, remember when Leeds had like almost no players, but there wasn't one COVID. It was all injuries and whatnot. And I was mad that they were going to get, you know, possibly uh, let their game get postponed. And then they did after get a couple games postponed because they did have a few COVIDs. So I don't know, like we had Odegaard for sure. Maybe there's more. Maybe there's a bunch of massage therapists and training We know there's another one. We know that yeah. there's another case within the playing squad now, but we don't know who it is. But and I don't know about, does it, like Premier League had these kind of vague rules, but when Liverpool went through their thing, all of a sudden it was eight, ten people have positives. And, you know, well, is it even players? You know, Well, if we found out it was just one. And it was Carabao Cup, they put the blinders on. I mean, they... They lied, basically. And then, man, all my Liverpool f- friends are on me. They're on you. They're on everyone. And I'm like, we're just going by the rules that were, were stated. And they're all coming back at me now because I was calling them cheaters. <laughs> uh, and uh, and Tottenham, did we ever find out if, if they had eight, ten players? I don't think so. It was not even because they ended up playing games after that. So, yeah, I'm confused. I think everyone's confused because there's no been any succinct guidelines of what this is and then you got FA Cup one rule Premier League rules 
Europa rules. I mean, I went on a Spud podcast yesterday, <laughs> Irish Hotspur or whatever his name is, and uh, they were just trashing us. Like, we're a disgraceful club. I'm like, man, you guys, do, are we what makes you legitimate or what? That you're missing out on your sun one Sunday night game because you're not playing us now and you're all mad? Well, I, and then all I said was, if we're so disgraceful, what do you think Ren, Ren thought? <laughs> they brought over their whole team and crew and everything to London, and then you guys cancelled it on them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Trev, let me bring you in on this, mate, because looking back at the Liverpool situation, do you feel like, you know, given that they supposedly had all these cases and then all those players miraculously returned negative results afterwards, do you feel like we were played there? Because I do. Oh, totally. I mean, when uh, when you look at the, the squads that were named, the amount of players they had compared to us, there was like an extra third amount of their players that was available to them. Yeah, and and we hadn't said, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cancel the game. They had. I've got that image here. Uh, that that's that's the difference right. between the two squads. Look at that. Right. Look 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 at where the line is. Look at where our stops. That's that's like almost another team there. Yeah, of players that they could field. Now, um, in in regards to your question of um, how do I feel about the outside noise, I don't care. They, they, it was always going to happen. Whether we played the game, didn't play the game, uh, turned up, didn't turn up, they're always going to slag off Arsenal. It's Arsenal. They, they, over the, over the, the past decade or so, there's been a culture of everyone wants to jump on the bandwagon, beat us with a stick, whether we're down or whether we're up, they, they, they'll do it regardless. My issue, my thing was that the thing that you read out, every criteria on that topic we met and we only had X amount of players. So we had injuries, we had um, COVID cases and blah, blah, because it's not just COVID cases. It's either or, yeah, and or these, these criteria. We met all of them. And uh, I, I wanted the game to... To, to go go ahead because, you know, North London derby, especially in the, the form that we're in, we, we'll rip them a new one. But the fact that it's postponed, I don't really care. I actually think us, our starting 11 against their starting 11 beats them hands down. I have no problem. I, I don't worry what one little bit, especially the way that we're playing. Um, for once, our club has put our club first. Oh, in, in the past, we've done favours for everybody else and we've we've kind of made the fair play, even though they call us cheats and whatever. I remember that FA Cup game where um, Carnu scored the goal. Was it Carnu? Yeah, I think it's Carnu scored the goal yeah. and we, we replayed that and everybody still calls us cheats. Yeah, No other team in the history of football has ever done that. And for once, our club has gone, you know what? Sod the lot of you. We're going to do what's right for our club because of the position we're in. Everybody else seems to be doing that. Everybody else has been doing that from time and we're going to do it. I, I mean, I heard at one point, even Man City were talking about um, having a game cancelled. They've got two teams. They've got two world-class teams. Their first team and their reserves and they were thinking about doing it. So, yeah, you know what? Um, say whatever you want. I am proud of our club that for once we're, we're, we're doing what's right for us, what's in our best interest. Yeah, and and drowning out the noise so yeah i'm glad it's called off and i'm i'm glad everybody is so peed off about it because they're worried about us they are worried you only do that when uh, you only do that when you're worried about a, a team 
Yeah, you know? people are starting to see Arsenal move in the right direction. You know, we went we went to Anfield the other night and even with our backs against the wall, down to 10 men, I thought we competed unbelievably well. Um, Tariq, it, there's some rumours floating around that the second leg is now in doubt because yeah. even if we had Granite Xhaka available, I read today, we'd still be short of naming that squad. Now, obviously, the hope is that by Thursday, some of these players who were touch and go, your, your Bukayo Sackers, your Martin, uh, sorry, your Martin, yeah, Martin Odegaard, your Tommy Asus, some of these guys would hopefully be back. But, I mean, it's kind of a, a bit of a, a race against time now, isn't it, for Arsenal? And, and obviously, we don't have many fixtures in February, just the two in the diary at the moment, unless we meet, make the Carabao Cup final, then we have a third. But do you feel like, actually, yes, this postponement was was the right thing for us, and now we have some time in between fixtures to kind of get things back to the way they should be? Yeah, definitely. And if you want to try and prevent an outbreak, then you need to try. You need to stop these players from interacting, whether that's on the football pitch, and if you want to be if, well spreading it throughout the opposition squad, these players need to spend a little time away from each other, and that's why. That's why these rules are put in place to try and curb the outbreak as quick as possible so that it can get dealt with. We can get on and stay on schedule. That's what I believe. And in terms of that's what you need to do anyway, because we're seeing by week by week as it goes by. Who was it? Who was it that, that picked it up in recent weeks first? Was it Mikel Arteta? Well, that was the one that got announced. And look, and that was since the Manchester City game, and we were still missing the likes of Steve Round. So it was still picking up pace then, and players were contracting it and then playing and then playing. I'm sure they're playing with it because there's like an old incubation period, but I'm not too clued up on that. But um, that's what we need to do that to try and prevent it and curb it. And if we are going to move forward and play games um, and try and prevent us from getting more postponements, this is what we need to do. This is what's right. So... I'm happy that we did it because I was looking at the fixtures and the turnaround and the pressure put on the players. It's, it's immense. And we hear about a lot about player welfare. Should the games, there was a whole discussion during that Boxing Day period, should the games carry on? And a lot of people, there was, it was kind of 50-50 from what I saw, people asking and saying, oh, what, what? it's not right, these players, they're, they're, they're doing this when we could go in a potential lockdown, whatever. But, this is what is needed to be done. And I'm glad that we have taken those steps. So, yeah. Yeah, no, completely agree. Uh, let's just head over to the chat box. Uh, Mr. Joe Kerr, thank you so much for your very kind super chat donation. He says, Leeds are the only club who have a right to complain. They they were like the war wounded and didn't or couldn't apply for rescheduled fixtures. Spurs be damned. Yeah, th this is the thing. There are clubs that have been in worse positions that, you know, have soldiered through. And, and I think that Marcelo Bielsa... He was asked about the question today ahead of the West Ham game and he turned up and said, well, no. He was asked whether he you know, had thought about postponing this game or trying to. And he said, no, because we don't have a reason to. So people like that, you know, they've, they've plugged away, they've, they've kept their heads down, they've got on with it and they deserve a lot of admiration for that. But I think for me, Chris, the, the really frustrating thing has been the hypocrisy. Because when we were first talking about the circuit breaker and the idea of stopping the game for a couple of weeks to kind of let everybody get back to a decent position, I remember Jurgen Klopp, of all people, saying that, what's the point? Because it will still be here in two weeks' time. Only for him now to be complaining about it and having completely changed his tune. All these clubs are looking out for their own interests, right? And that's where that hypocrisy stems from. I completely agree with that. 
But why is it that when we've taken a decision to do what we think is right, all of a sudden we're the we're the enemies? Mad, isn't it? Yeah, like uh, who's the good Man City guy on Sky? Mika Richards. Yep was on and he's like he's he's not even an arsenal guy and he was saying man it seems like when arsenal something happens everyone just <laughs> wants to stick the knife in like unbelievable and uh when klopp named <laughs> came out and said false positives you could see the little smirky grin on him like come on give me a break Klopp. like that was unreal and 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 yeah and everyone's on us now but man we were already effective it affected by it like you guys said game one and there's been other games where we had three four of our backups you know with covid and not available and we got on with it and many teams have gone on with it but yeah like you guys also said chelsea man city they got you know 25 30 squad i mean they can't be applying to you know postpone games but yeah we're in a tough spot right now just with letting players go and and uh suspension so if Xhaka he is for sure out Thursday then too now or that doesn't count for Premier League yeah no it, it does count across or, all competitions yeah, yeah uh, for, as far as I understand it I, I've been a bit confused about this because they changed the rule at the start of the season and I've been sort of going back and forward and sometimes I get it in my mind that it doesn't count across competitions then I think it does and I keep getting myself in a muddle but yeah I, it's it's two games across all domestic competitions that he'll miss yeah. so um, obviously one of them would have been today so yeah. now he's still got two more um, to hold on because yeah we're we're still hurting what are we going to do Thursday yeah. I don't know it's going to be difficult yeah. It's going to be Aziz, maybe. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And and as I said before, you know, it's we're hopeful that we'll get a few of those bodies back. Um, Trev, uh, Chris mentioned uh, the the Micah Richards comments, and just to kind of bring people up to speed, if they haven't seen them, um, he said, "I just feel like when it's Arsenal, everybody wants to lump in." By the rules, they've done nothing wrong. I understand other people being frustrated, but in my opinion, uh, they've done nothing wrong. Let's be honest, other clubs would do the same thing as well. Now, Michael Richards does have a bit of a soft spot for Arsenal. He's spoken about Oh, yeah, he's a gooner. He's a gooner. He he said he's he's He's, come out on on many occasions and said that. But it's great, though, isn't it, that somebody in his position is being fair about it and being measured about the situation as opposed to just looking for clicks because... I don't know what you guys think about this. And I guess we're kind of going off in a bit of a tangent. Um, but it feels to me like punditry has really changed of late. And what when you're watching Sky Sports, and in particular Neville and Carragher, and, and Roy Keane as well, what you get is you get these reactionary kind of, uh, you know, reactions to things that aren't really that big a deal. And you just know that somebody at Sky is in the background clipping it up to get it on YouTube and make sure it bangs straight away. But in and amongst all of that, Trev, it was refreshing to see Micah Richards speak so well, wasn't it? Oh, totally. I mean, Micah's one of my favourite pundits because he doesn't do those sound bites. He, he just tells it like it is, you know. Um, and I, it doesn't surprise me that he's come out and said that because in the past he's been... You know, he's been critical of Man City. He's been praising uh, Man United. All, all the teams that he should hate, he's fair and measured and thinks about his comments. So um, I I applaud him. I'm glad he has. But it doesn't surprise me coming from him because I, I, I respect him a lot because because he doesn't 
he doesn't jump on bandwagons. And he'll pull up other pundits as well. I've seen him pull up um, Roy Keane. I've seen him pull up Shearer. I've seen him pull up other people who are doing that soundbite stuff. And he's going, no, nah, no, nah, this is really, this is not what it is. You know, you, you're just doing that to, to wind people up. And that's what most of them do because it's, like I said before, it's been popular to stick the knife in uh, Arsenal. Yeah, whatever yeah. we do, um, whenever we do it, it's wrong. If 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 we if we have an umbrella out when it's raining, why well, you got an umbrella? You know, what I mean, you're too good, good enough to get wet. <laughs> you know, it's that kind. It's that kind of. Um, it's that kind of mentality with our club, and I like I said to you, it's you know, it's it's a footballing matter. They're they they're doing it because we've got players out in Afcon. You know, we've got suspensions. We've got young players that we need to protect as, as well as it's all right. Very well saying, oh, yeah, bringing the under 23s. But these, these will be boys coming into a, a game with big men and they're not going to pull any punches. You know, this is our future we're, we're messing with. So chucking players in for the sake of it, like uh, Bielsa, props to him for doing that. I just don't think it's smart because it's putting pressure on, on your other players. It's putting pressure on on players that need to develop. You 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 chuck a bunch of reserve young players in at the same time. They're going to get hurt. They uh, emotionally, um, possibly physically. Um, it could set them back in in their development. Um, and there's no guidance around them. There's there's, there's less guidance around them because there's the less senior players. So use the rules. The, the rules are there. The rules are going to punish you. I mean, if he if he came out and slagged off a referee, or 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 he'd, he'd get he'd get a fine and he'd get set, you know, he'd get sent off and whatever. Those are the same rules that you can allow. You're you're allowed to let them work for you, not just yeah. against you. you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, and just building on that Bielsa point, I think you're absolutely right. I think obviously principle is is obviously massive and it's it's so important, but. Sometimes, and we saw that this with Arsene Wenger, not in the same way exactly, where he'd allow sort of his principles and stuff to kind of maybe sometimes see us have a little bit of a disadvantage. And, and ultimately, you know, you you got a, it's a ruthless business. It's a cutthroat business. And if you don't get results, you lose your job. Simple as that. Uh, let's just jump back into the chat. Uh, big thank you to Tom for your kind donation, mate. Thank you so, so much. Uh, he says, Graham Souness also said similar things to Micah Richards. But Richards questioned the motives of people bashing Arsenal more than others. Yeah, it's, it's fair to say that Graham Souness had our back as well, um, which is obviously good to see as well. He's a, a bit more of an old school pundit, isn't it? Him and Micah Richards are like the two opposite ends of the spectrum. But um, Souness uh, sticking up for us a little bit there as well. Um, let's move on and, and talk a little bit about transfers, because as you guys know, throughout the month, we're bringing you lots and lots of transfer update shows. But it's so difficult as a content creator and as someone that covers the club to sometimes siphon through the shit and, and find the genuine stories and, and try and work out which information we're being given is correct and which information is not. Now, we heard today, and I don't know how up to speed everybody is on this, that Marseille are going to have a transfer ban for the next two windows. Now, of course, we've currently got Matteo Genduzzi there, who we were hoping would join the club on a on a permanent deal. And of course, William Saliba is currently playing his football there as well. Um, Tariq, how do you think this might impact the future of those two guys? 
In for Matteo Guendouzi, I don't think he'll have too much of an impact because I was listening to Tom talking about this earlier, um, and basically. It's similar to where Chelsea, when they had their transfer ban with Mateo Kovacic, and it was a it was a loan to buy option then, and they and they still were able to sign Mateo Kovacic whilst he was on loan from Real Madrid because he was still registered with the club. And um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Ross, distracted me there. Um, but yeah, they were still able to sign him then. But with William Saliba, I. Uh, I've always I've been saying this. I think that Arteta is trying to manage him not as not as a player, not just talking about his actual actual attributes on the football pitch and making him develop in that way. I think it's the mental side, which is um, because of the the tragedies that he's had in his life and at such a young age, and he's he's shown a few tendencies where he doesn't seem quite mature enough to be played like to be played at the cl- at the size of Arsenal in that way. With week in, week out, even in his game, he's made mistakes at Marseille. That would be heavily scrutinised under Arsenal. So I don't think that Marseille situation will affect much with the Saliba deal because I've always had the full belief that he will come back. But in terms of Kalazinac, who has been linked with a move away, um, not sure how credible that is, but that that may impact there. However, I thought that initially, but however, having read um, news articles saying that he that it won't affect this current transfer window, and if he does move there on loan, and he, yeah, his contract runs up at the end of the season. So whether that will affect if they wanted to decide to keep him afterwards, I'm not too sure. But in the immediate term, I don't think it will have too much of an impact on the players that we have on loan there looking to leave. And so yeah, yeah, there is a there is a few loopholes that can be exploited. Oh, I mean, yeah. we saw um, <laughs> we saw Chelsea make a signing, didn't they, Mateo Kovacic? During a transfer ban, I think if the deal was already set at a certain time, then you can kind of find your way around. I think around Pulisic that. as well. That was another one because they signed him in January, but yeah, yeah, he was re- yeah. wasn't registered until the summer. No, there's definitely ways around it for sure. Uh, just before we move on, just quickly, there's over 400 of you watching us live across the multiple platforms right now, but we've only got 106 likes on the board. What is going on? There's no excuse for us not to have at least 200 likes on this live video. Uh, so please do get involved. And as I always say, if you're listening by the audio platforms, please do check us out. Now, if you are listening by the audio platforms, we're going to take a short pause for a message from our sponsor. Welcome back to part two of our members stream. I'm joined by Tariq, Chris and Trev, and we've got plenty more to unpack. Um, Chris, Lots of people are talking about Dusan Vlavic. Lots of people are talking about Artur from Juventus. Um, how confident are you that Arsenal are actually going to do some serious business between now and when the window closes? I don't know, mate. It it seems like it changes daily, doesn't it? Like the other day, it was like, oh, Vlajovic doesn't seem like it's on. Like they're just going to kick the can down to the summer. Now today, I heard it's it's back on. Maybe that. They really have agreed personal terms and, and the club as well will we'll, we'll do it. But I don't know. Who knows? Like, it, it seems like a black hole. Like, and we're not focusing on what we need to get in as a midfield or two right now, it seems like now. And the Arthur thing, it's a loan. It's supposed to be, I think. But why can't we just throw the money down and, and just get them? Because, I mean, the Italian teams, I was saying to Trevor Wilt Creambone, 
the start of the season, there's going to be some deals to be had if if Syria and La Liga are, are kind of broke, but they're still trying to, you know, weasel and get the biggest dollar they can and not really approve transfers or loans. And, and uh, yeah, I, I really think we it's desperate. Like, we got to get a midfield in, like, pronto, like yesterday. And, uh, and yeah, the Vlajovic, he is extremely talented player. I mean, technically gifted as anyone. Uh, kind of reminds me, like, of a young Kane and, you know, can really finish no matter what. Doesn't seem to head as much. But, uh, but yeah, he's fantastic. It's just, I always think Jonathan David, of course, is the first perfect fit for our young young team. And no bias there, you, no. Yeah, a little biased. But, uh, <laughs> but man, we have Davies out. He can't play for Canada. He's got the same thing going on with Uba, where his heart's inflamed. Uh, so Jonathan David's huge for Canada. But, but today in the Marseille match, uh, Saliba actually got... Uh, man of the match and uh, Lil played with 10 men and David absolutely ran the whole pitch like nonstop just defending I I think you know Lil doesn't want to sell him because they're in Champions League versus Chelsea but man we got to get him this summer he's he's a perfect fit for us I've got to say you you are the 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 Best I should Jonathan be his agent. David promoter. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you're the biggest advocate of Jonathan David I've ever met. Um, I don't think a day goes by where I don't hear from Moss about Jonathan David. So I'm sure, uh, I'm sure he appreciates the the support and the hype. Um, he is a gooner. He grew up loving Arsenal. There you go. It's written in the stars then, as opposed to Vlavic, who we don't even know wants to come yeah. to the club. There you go. Um, I mean, I'm interested to know because we can go through all the transfer rumors, right? But everybody does that every single day and they talk about what the latest development is and, and what I find in the transfer window. And I'm guilty of this myself. If you work in this business, if you work in this industry, you're always trying to angle your information to seem like new information when a lot of the time it isn't. Yeah. And a lot of the so. time you're, you're kind of hoping that it's moved on and, and you're taking little tiny bits of it Um and hoping that they are significant in the kind of progress of a deal. Um, I'm interested to know how you guys cope with the transfer window. And I'll come to you, Trev, because for me, if I wasn't doing the job that I do, I think I would pay half the attention I do to it as I do now. I feel like the, the, the transfer window is one of those things where you can drive yourself mad by kind of waking up, refreshing, refreshing your Twitter feed, trying to hope that something different. How do you cope, Trev, with the transfer window? Are you glued to it or do you kind of keep a distance a bit? I kind of, I mean, I I look at our history of um, transfers and I, I like with this one, I think there's going to be a surprise, whether it's Wijnaldum, Zachariah, whatever, it's kind of, something's going to come out of left field like it did with Ozil, like it did, you know, Partey was last minute because everybody's, oh, yeah, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Um, I just kind of, uh, everything with a pinch of salt, really. Everything with a pinch of salt. The Vlavic one seems to have legs because everybody's talking about it. Um, the price is right. Um, I've, you know, he's, it's, the, it's only recently I've started to look at his stuff. Um, and he, he's, he's a class player. Um, uh, Mostert's young Kane he reminds me of um, Van Persie um, in that respect Which, you know it, there's there's a lot of hot air goes around all of these these these, these stories there's a lot of journalists um, 
I know you're a journalist as well, but there's a lot of journalists that... I'm a fake one, don't need, worry There you go. No, that's right. But need to be relevant. So they need to write something. So they'll write anything. You know, their grandma can tell them, look, Vlavic is coming and, and um, Kane's going there and Bappe and all the rest of it. They'll, they'll write that. And they'll go, it's a, a, a reliable source. They, that's all they need to, to stick on it. Um, to be perfectly honest, when it happens, it happens. If, if when it happens, I'll cheer. If it doesn't, I might be disappointed. But um, and, you know, it's it's a bit of I, I use it as a bit of fun until something is concrete. Till I see a picture of the guy signing the contract and wearing the shirt, and he's you know squad number on there in the press conference. You know, all right, so we got him. Cool. The rest of the time is just it's it, they're fairy stories. Yeah, fairy tales too. Exactly. Can I just add on to that because you are right, um, Trev? Because I'm I'm quite fortunate. I know an agent personally who's trying to like break up into the top like upper echelons of agency. And when it comes to a transfer, I, this this transfer is is minuscule. The one that he he's um, he had to deal with it was um, it, basically a player coming from Birmingham City into Leeds, and that took ages. Honestly, it took months. This it took from before the season even finished, whilst he was still like playing and stuff, and whilst he was still playing, and when it eventually happened, it was crazy. It doesn't it doesn't happen just like that. These things take yeah. months. So when you hear yeah. these interests are oh, now it's suddenly, but bear in mind, yeah, clubs are interested in a lot of players. So when you hear interest from vice versa, it doesn't mean anything. I'm interested in being a millionaire. Doesn't mean that I'm going to be a millionaire. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, have faith, man. Have faith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, it might happen eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what it kind of is with transfers. And the Partey deal was like that. It's there's loads of yeah, loads of politics in in between it that people yeah. that only since knowing this agent, I was like, wow. It's like learn, open your eyes to a lot of things. Personal terms. This. They got to speak to their family. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if these you know whether these players are married or not. Yeah. Schools, um, you know, just does his missus like the area, shopping, all these kind of things. You know, how far is he going to be from his family? Yeah. Um, the, the the right house, all those all those little factors that we would do if we were moving. If you were, if you were moving job, say I don't know I was I was moving up to Manchester. I'd have to chat with my missus several times, find the right house, look at the right schools and all the rest, let alone the team and where they're going and what the manager's like and does it fit my personality? Plus the agents got their own agenda because they, they, you know, they want the biggest club that's going to give them the biggest money, whereas the player wants the place where he's going to feel happiest playing. And all that's got to come, even between the agent and the, and, and the, the player, there's got to be a negotiation there. So how this stuff can't take time is 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 impossible. You know, yeah. it's 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 always going to take time. And some things, like for example, the Vlajevic and, and midfield things, they might have been sped up because of our situation. Because there's a lot of stuff that they probably wouldn't have done had it not been the Abamian situation, the Jacker situation. <laughs> Um, the the all the all those things have sped up the timeline on our transfers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris, what about you, mate? Are you a serial refresher of the timeline? 
Well, back in the 80s, being a Gooner fan, it was in Canada, you get the magazine a month later and find out news and rumors. <laughs> then, you know, the 90s, we got, you know, we got all the Premier League matches. So we started getting a little bit more up to date. But now with social media and podcasts and Discord and rumor mail, we get everything. And, you know, we don't get the banter like you guys do with the clubs and so much. But, man, I went on that Irish Hotspur thing and... I've been called every name in the book now. And, Welcome uh, to my world. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They, they really love us. Wow. And then, uh, but yeah, one thing I wanted to ask always is, is you guys get all this news and whatnot and stuff, but, but, uh, and you can chase and, and find all these different rumors and whatnot, but, but uh, yeah, like it, even if a deal is done toward it's January 31st, right? You get it done beforehand, it might not happen till February, or the guy might not get over till February. Like, how's that all work? Like, how when do you have to have the deal done by? And so, the, the deal has to be registered and done by the deadline. Um, but if you get a certain amount of the paperwork in before the deadline and you apply for an extension, if they can see that the transfers uh, quite far along in terms of its progress, sometimes they grant you a few extra hours, but it literally is a hard deadline um, and those deadlines as well. Sometimes they vary between different countries. So if you're doing a deal with a club in another country, um, you know, then you have to make sure you're on that. Just kind of going back to the to kind of round off on the whole sort of transfer window discussion. One thing I would say is that, and, and I don't want to like sort of out people is not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to kind of give people an insight into how this world works. A lot of, outlets will look at the transfer windows as their kind of key time for growth and what that means is that they're looking for clicks and they're looking for subscribers and they're looking for followers and they're looking always to be at the forefront when it comes to rumors because there seems to be this mad appetite for it and i always say this if people's appetite for it just chilled out and calmed down a little bit then those out those outlets that do do clickbait and there are lots that do and there are lots that don't there are lots that still do wonderful content but there are loads who literally live off the clickbait model if that appetite wasn't there they wouldn't be doing it so it's this clamor from people that creates this world whereby those guys are like well we're gonna and, and sometimes and, I, and i've been told to do this in the past sometimes they've they've gone and decided a story so you know for example we knew felipe coutinho wanted the return to the Premier League. We knew that Barcelona wanted to offload him. Well, Arsenal have an injury in the attacking midfield position. There's there's no indication that there's any interest in Felipe Coutinho, but that's a story that makes sense. And it's a story that if you put it together in the right way, people will look at it and go, well, I'm not sure, but there is a chance that there are legs in this. And that's what a lot of it is. It, it's, it's guesswork. A lot of it is people trying to get ahead of the game so that if by some coincidence, what they've predicted or, or mustered up in their own minds comes to fruition, they then look like a genius. And you'll be surprised how many of these clickbait outlets and and I don't want to call them, I don't even want to dig people out because they're just doing their job. But a lot of these people grow hugely during transfer windows because one of those things that they predicted, and it is a prediction, stuck. And there you go. That's that's how it works. You know, you can blow up overnight uh, off the back of that. Uh, Richard Garrett says, uh, Harry, you're quite clickbaity yourself. I I have to put titles on YouTube 
that attract an audience. Otherwise, the audience doesn't grow. And I know that a lot of those titles are based on a piece that I've read. But I will very quickly, very early on in the episode, tell you how reliable I think it is. In fact, I've been rating the rumours throughout the window. Um, but you have to understand as well, and this is why I'm not wanting to dig those people out, that this is a very competitive industry. I and because, because that clamour and yeah. that appetite for the big stories and the rumours is there, if you don't do that to a degree, you get left behind. And that's the reality of it. So I think the titles for me or for my shows, I think over the years, I've got better at doing that. If you go back to the beginning of the Chronicles of Aguna, the titles had no search terms that anybody would ever type in. They had nothing. It was what I wanted to title them, but that wasn't doing me any favors. So there, there is that balance to be found. And ultimately we're adapting right to the the audience and what people want to hear and see yeah and that's but something surely, that i'm learning myself just uh, yeah that's something i'm learning myself as, as, as like just started and you can't make a title that even if it's clever like it make like in something on a newspaper title which is you know quite punchy that doesn't matter because search terms and this is how i found the channel moss with um trev i was about to call you wilf then little inside joke um, <laughs> but um, yeah and most of the people in this community where and big up to Harry because he break, mm. he goes straight in and says, like, whether this is credible, whether it, the likelihood of it is. And that's where you really get to find the information. But sorry, sorry, Trev. Yeah, no, this it's and also it's um, you know what you're discussing by the title of your show. You're not saying this is factual. I've heard it from the actual player and his mum and his dog has come <laughs> up and said that as well. You, it's it's the, the, I know what you're going to discuss on your show from the title. That's not this is what's happening. This is like we're going to discuss this. What do you think? What uh, this is what I think. Um, as in you, Harry, and then the rest of us have our our, our two pennies to put in there and and discuss it. And those are this discussion to topics. Um, to be honest, it, I mean, I'm 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 a member of uh, or subscribed to both of your channels, Tariq's as well. Um, and it's it's an open forum. To, to, if it's going to be an open forum, you need to know what the topic is to start off. You know what what what's interesting to us as viewers and subscribers, and that's what you put on your title is what's interesting. Otherwise, we wouldn't come jumping on it. You know, with with our opinion, whether we <laughs> excuse me, whether we agree or disagree, <clears throat> that's that's the hook line for us, and then that's how all kind of advertising, marketing, it, it works. Yeah, absolutely. You know, not just in football. Absolutely. Mm. Go on, Chris. I know you. Yeah, I think Tom is the king of that with the football London. Every day, I'm like, see these messages, and I'm like, oh man, this looks awesome. And you go and you read it, and you're like, oh. I already knew that. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I always wanted to ask you, because you're Serie A so much, but it seems like it didn't matter, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and maybe it's just Arsenal, maybe it's because I'm always focused on Arsenal, but like it seems like we're linked to like every player, and there's always a story from Italy that we're buying this player and, and or they're getting our, one of our players. But does that happen with every club, or are we just – way up there on Syria's even when it was Arsene Wenger it was all the time like rumor mill of of we're buying this player or Arsene Wenger's looking at this player is that are we 
like the ultimate <laughs> being used by Italians or, or does that happen to every club? I think they, they, it happens with a lot of, I think it happens with all of the big clubs, right? You know, yeah. you, you know, for example, if you're a journalist, you know that if you write a story and with all due respect to them about Blackpool, you're not going to get the same clicks that you would if you write a story about Arsenal. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's as simple as that is playing up to the audience. You know, if you're, if you're a musician, if you're an artist, then you, you play, you know, you do R and B and you do country music, but you know, there's a bigger market for R and B, then you're going to focus your efforts more there. And I, and I just think that's, that's what this is. That's what this is. This is, you know, and, and especially with the situation in Italy, what you've got is, is, is clubs that have huge prestige and huge history, the Milan clubs, Juventus. You know, I'd even go, you know, you add Napoli into that, Lazio, Fiorentina, Roma. These are all clubs that when I was growing up, I was like, wow, you know, these are institutions. But those clubs, they don't have the financial power anymore. And, and yeah. it feels like it's very easy to, every time a player sort of pops up and, you know, shows himself at one of those clubs to go, well, Arsenal going to sweep in. Man United are going to mm. sweep in. Liverpool going to sweep in. It's it's crazy. It's just um, you know. But it's also, just... it's it's it's. I think it's also um, in their interest to put their player out. If they want to get rid of a player, mm. and you you know, say say I'm the the director of of Juventus, and I want to get rid of this player. If I say Man City are into him. Then any club that's even remotely thinking of getting is going to go. I need to jump in there because if Man City are jumping, if Man City or Arsenal or uh, Chelsea or one of them are going for him, that means the price is going. They're going to outbid us. We need to get in there quick, and we need to buy this player. So there's an element from the club who owns the player if they want to get rid of him for those stories to happen. But I, I wouldn't be put it past them generating it themselves because. It gets interest in their player. Every, the world and their mother knows that they, they, they are willing to sell this player, even if they come out and go, oh, no, he's not for sale. It's like, okay, well, something must be happening for that story. So someone's going to put in an offer and then someone else is put, puts in an offer and then it, it generates like that who might not have been thinking about this player till the next transfer window or, or not even at all. But the fact that he's on someone else's radar because um, you know, if, if your neighbour gets a new car, you're going to be like, Oof, down the down the showroom, looking at cars. Because you think, well, well, my name, all, all that now. So, you know, it, it just generates interest from their their point of view. So they're not going to not say this isn't happening, mm. yeah. especially if they want to get rid of the player. Especially Absolutely. in the January transfer window, because that's all yeah. about merry go round. Because it's always yeah. a domino effect. Yeah, definitely. Great Very. point. Yep. Go ahead, mate. Do you think if we don't have Vlajevic, obviously we're we're going gung ho on him, trying to get it done. But do you th- you pretty sure we have a couple maybe loan option backup plans, or what do you think's going on in the background? Not in the centre forward position. Um, if I'm midfield, being honest, yeah, yeah I, I always thought that going into this window that the midfield would be the main priority, and I think we've seen based on the injuries and the absences that we've got that that is that has to be at the forefront of what we're doing right now. Um, I think the centre forward position is one that we'd like to fix, but I think the plan was always that that was going to happen in oh, the summer, yeah. and I think only what's happened with Aubameyang has kind of maybe accelerated that to the point where we're knocking on the door for a striker. But I do genuinely feel like 
as part of the grand scheme, that was always an idea for the summer as opposed to now. And I, and, and I've said this time and time again, listen, I'm, I always worry that we're one Lacazette injury away from being really poor yeah. up there. But, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'd still rather that we were slightly short than we go and spend a, a shit ton of yeah. money on someone who isn't the long-term solution. We've done that before and, and look where it's got. Yeah. yeah I mean, definitely. funny enough, funny enough, um, me and um, uh, Moss were talking the other day about doing a, a spot with Jonathan David and um, Pepe um, mm. uh, and and a bit of money. And I, I, I would bite your hand off this. I feel good um, with it. Yeah, I, I, I am one of most converts to Canadian players and 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 Jonathan David in particular. Um, I, I think something like that. I mean, if I was involved in 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 um in Arsenal in any way like that, I would suggest that to him because Pepe's not working out. I, I do like him. Don't get me wrong, but it's obviously not working out. He's not settled. Um, the the deal with Jonathan Davis's club, they're they're looking to not wanting to like like Tariq said, it's a merry-go-round. So if you can offer them something that makes the deal worthwhile, then take it that way round. Um, yeah, I didn't think of that. And yeah, so you know, it's a good shout. I didn't think of that either. And it's a club that he knows. It's a club that, yeah. and now he said it. H. <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. He's back in France. In the, in yeah. the papers. Yeah. yeah, he's back in France. You know, um, Jonathan David's a, a gunner. He's back in France. He's back with his, you know, where he's comfortable in the league that he's comfortable. They even play his type of football, that, that counter-attacking football that is suited to his style. So yeah. it would be a no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely. Just a, a couple more bits uh, to touch on before we... Uh, wrap up and I can see there's still well over 400 of you watching us so thank you for sticking with us because the conversation's gone all over the place but this is the great thing about having a panel um we're still 30 odd likes though short of that 200 target so hit the like button if you haven't done so already subscribe to the channel if you're new and for your opportunity to appear on our upcoming members podcast all you got to do is sign up and become a member uh, click on the join button below if you're watching us via your computer or you can click on the link in the description and we do really really appreciate the support and as i say this will be a regular thing um on a weekly basis moving forward uh it the time and date will will slightly change depending on when we're playing and stuff. But like, for example, tonight we'd have done a North London Derby review um, and and probably put this in for tomorrow. So I will keep you posted on that on Twitter. So follow us at Chronicles underscore AFC on Twitter and on Instagram. And I just set up a TikTok account. Yes, I am on TikTok at Harry Simu. Simple as that. I've never used it. I don't know how it works. Just before we came on here, I was trying to make a video and it took me about 45 minutes. I pretty much missed the whole second half of Inter Atalanta because I was engrossed in it and I still can't work it out. So I'm going to have to ask like my little sister or something. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. When it, yeah. You want to see Harry dance, go check TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> oh. I promise it'll just be uh, football content. Nothing else. <laughs> uh, nothing else. Yeah, no, nah, Harry, it'll, it'll, it'll be photoshopped, man. You won't, you won't know. <laughs> <laughs> but just uh, just uh, another thing I just wanted to, to bring up that's been um, popping in the chat a little bit um, is about the news or, or some people are saying that Jamie O'Hara has deactivated his Twitter account. Now, obviously, I could imagine the stick that Jamie O'Hara's got. Um, and listen, uh, look... People do things and 
they deserve to pay the consequences for it. Okay. Those of you who follow and listen to this podcast will know that, you know, I tweeted a couple of things, even as far as 10 years ago that, you know, offended people and <coughs> apologized for that. And, um, you know, and that, and obviously for me, that was a really, really difficult period because you, all of a sudden you feel like people are judging you for something that you said at a point when you weren't maybe educated enough or weren't kind of old enough to understand it, the implications of what you were saying. A lot of the time that stuff doesn't come from a place of genuine hatred or discrimination. It comes from uh, ignorance. I, I can say that in my case. And anyway. immaturity. And immaturity. Yeah, exactly. And, and wanting to be a bit of a lad and wanting to do this, wanting to do that, kind of show yourself as that big guy. You know what it is. But I guess for me, one thing I would say, and, and obviously what Jamie O'Hara did in the past is, is much more severe than tweeting something where, you know, you, you've used what the term that. Well, the rumor or the report or the story is, and I don't know how true it is that he, he I think he hit his wife or or he hit someone. Um, I don't know the full story, but I've seen tweets over the last few days when he's been critical of Arsenal that have been like um, saying, you know, he's done this and that. And I don't know the story, so I don't want to jump down that rabbit hole. But what I do want to say is when someone's done something in the past, no matter how bad it is, if you're going to judge them for it for the rest of their lives, then how are they ever supposed to get better? How are they ever supposed to improve? How are you ever supposed to move on from it? And what I would say is, having been on the receiving end of tons of abuse over the last week, it does affect people. It does affect me. And it does affect Jamie O'Hara. And it affects anyone that is on the Family, receiving yeah. end of it. And, and you yeah. don't know how it affects those people because for you, you're just typing a couple of words on Twitter and hitting tweet but it can seriously damage people and oh, just God, yeah. think twice sometimes before hitting that tweet button. And, and I've done it in the past. I've tweeted things in the past where I've gone, I look at them now and I'm like, fucking hell, that's cringe. Why did I do that? What was I thinking? But only sometimes when you're on the receiving end of something, do you actually understand what the impact of it is? Sometimes you got to go through it to learn it. And, and I just want to say, like, when people go on Twitter and hammer individuals mm. to the point where they feel they need to deactivate your Twitter account, what are you doing, man? Yeah. You're no better than them and what they've done in the yeah. past if you're going to do that. Well, even worse, because you're you're doing it currently. Um, mm. I'm assuming this stuff with Jamie O'Hara happened years ago. Um, if, you, if you kill someone, if you run someone over, if you rob someone or whatever... You go and you do your time and you come out. So with less with lesser things, people uh, still have the right to learn and move on. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure um, I'd, I'd put money on it that the Jamie O'Hara that did whatever he did back then is not the same person he is now. He's, he's not the same person he probably was a year ago. Yeah. So... Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are, that are too quick to be judgmental and and to quote a phrase from the Bible, let he who's without sin cast the first stone. Everybody's done something in their past. Um, people like myself and Moss, we're old enough that our stuff is hidden because it was never, you know, social media wasn't around then. And there's a lot, because there's a hell of a lot of stuff that I did in my teens and my early 20s that if ever came to light, I'd be like, oh... Ah, you know, um, but I've moved on. I'm, I'm, I'm an adult. I've grown. I've met people that changed my opinion. I've met things that changed my life. And also, you don't 
I'm not, this is not excusing anybody's previous behavior, but you don't know what was going on in their life. You don't know who was influencing them, uh, sort of making them say stuff to be big or, or all these kind of things. It's, sometimes it's not from the heart. And it's, yeah, have your opinion, but don't be judging people like you're better than them. And people make mistakes, you know, yeah. if it's from the past and they've, they've owned up to it um, and they've developed as human beings, allow that. And I also allow think that, that and obviously in Jamie O'Hara's case, if, if what he, he said to have done is true, obviously that's a lot more severe, right? Than, than saying mm. something you shouldn't have or whatever. Mm. But I guess... I guess my point is if we're going to bang on about education and I absolutely believe that education is how you get through this stuff. Right. So for me, it's meeting people of those backgrounds and understanding what those terms mean to them. That makes you then think twice about doing it. And if you have to go back 10, 15 years to find something on someone that in itself shows progress and 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 that's what people need to be aware of. But uh, Jamie O'Hara is not the greatest example, right? Because mm, yeah. if he did beat up the mother of his kid or, wh- or whatever the story is, then obviously that's inexcusable. But the point of I'm course. trying to make is not about Jamie O'Hara. It's a general wider point as to just think about what you're going to tweet someone before you do it, because you don't know what that person is feeling like on the other end of it. And I can say, and I didn't get none of the, not even half of what Jamie O'Hara got because I'm nowhere near as high profile as Jamie O'Hara. But for two, three days, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to do the podcast. Yeah, it affected you. To, yeah, massively. So I can exactly. only imagine exactly. if you're su- super high profile, what an yeah. impact that can have on you to, to have it coming from every single angle. Yeah. So people just need to think twice about what they're doing. But, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I, I also your opinion don't have to be out there in the world. Tell it to your mates, tell it to your whatever, and you can rant and say whatever you want then. But putting stuff out like that, um, and and it would be abusive. I'm not, again, like like you said, Harry, whether he's done it or not is irrelevant. Whoever it is, you don't know the truth of the situation. Yeah. Um, you're, even if it's factual, it's still you're reading someone's opinion. Um, so unless you're in it and you know the facts 100% categorically, this happened in this way, then you can't really have a, a voice to say yeah, you're you wrong, can, you're wrong. Yeah. You can have your opinion on it, but you don't yeah. need to throw that opinion at that person. I guess Glenn right. life says, I, I'm hearing a lot of excuses for hate. I've never spewed any form of bigotry as a child or an adult. We don't all do it. Nobody's saying that we all do it. Um, no. And nobody's saying that doing it is right. Nobody's saying that for a second. All I'm saying is that if, and I believe truly that education is the way that you you move on from this stuff. You understand what it means, what you're saying, the impact that it has. And by meeting people, by simply growing up, by getting added responsibilities in your life, you understand the impact of those words. And you learn that it's unacceptable. Now, all I'm saying here is that if we're going to champion education and say that education is the way forward, which I believe it absolutely is, then what's the point in giving that education if you're going to suggest that somebody can't change and that somebody can't move forward? Is You might as well say anybody that goes to prison should just stay inside forever, which isn't the way, is it? Exactly. Harry, can I just say one thing on that? Yeah. Sorry, Tariq, just one Sorry. thing on that, on that comment. There is no excuse for hate. 
I'm not, it's, it's not about that. It's talking about allowing people to change their past, change from their past to grow. If you hate someone, that's, that's out of order and you... So um, it's not about making excuses for haters because I, I would never do that. But if it's about allowing people to grow. And if they are growing, go, well done, you're grown. Because that's what we want, like you said. Sorry, Tariq. Yeah, yeah no, I just wanted to add on, on Glenn's point because if for myself, I'm 23 and I've been fortunate enough to have received this education from the people around me, my family. You know, growing up in a house full of women, they've, they've taught me a lot in terms of loads of different things and talking for someone who's grown up in a, a black women especially the the things that think people these like, go through and that so i've been educated and i don't think it's right and education is right as harry said because we can't judge someone on their past actions especially if we're looking all the way i'm not talking about jamie o'hara's thing right now i'm talking about in general, in general. Yeah. yeah so with you harry yeah. with what happened with you I don't, it doesn't make sense for me for having to, unless it's been brought up in this situation, but it shouldn't be getting brought up all these years back. And I had to go and look at my like Twitter when I saw that because I felt it for Harry personally. And because following Harry, being a member for a, for a while now, it was like, it was like, whoa, like I need, I need to learn this lesson. And that is where education is about. And, and Harry's moved on from that. And now he's, I'm sure he's take. we learn every day. We make mistakes every single day. And I'm not talking about in terms of hate, but yeah, in terms no, of that, yeah. education is key. And if we're going to champion it, allow people to learn and grow. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly that. And, uh, and, and listen, this is not like, as I said, right. At the t- and just before we wrap up the show, cause I know we've been going over an hour, but um, this is not to say that, if you do something bad in the past, it should be forgotten or excused mm. or just wiped away. It's just that if you're going to go on about education, which I think is absolutely the right thing, then to say that people can't move forward is is in complete contradiction of the idea of education, in which case you might as well scrap it all and not bother. But you know what? It's I've learned a, a massive lesson uh, from it. I think the big lesson that I've learned is that, um, doing this job and and being sort of involved in social media all the time and ha- putting your opinions out there for people to kind of, you know, pick apart or, or agree with, you know, it depends on, on what they think. I think you have to find a way. And actually, although I'm still tweeting and I'm still active on Twitter, what happened the other week has made me kind of step back from it a little bit. And I think it's a good thing because it was consuming me. You know, I'd be sitting on the couch I'd have my kids next to me sort of asking for attention and I'd be on Twitter. I'd be scrolling through Twitter to make sure I don't miss something. To Every time you get a notification, this person likes your tweet, this person retweet, you're looking, who is it? What is it? What is it? And I'm actually glad in a way that although there were consequences and, and, and shit ones and, you know, I have to take that on the chin, it's actually made me kind of pull back a little bit from Twitter. And I actually think that, in a shit situation, you should try and find the positive out of it. And for me, that's the positive. You know, I'm yeah. now, th- th- ever since that happened, I can honestly say every evening after a certain time, I've gone and put my phone in the kitchen and ignored it. And I, and I like that. And um, as I say, it doesn't excuse it. And, and there's no way of kind of erasing it. But take the best out of it and, and move forward. 
Exactly. Just to finish off on a light and on a light note, I said and Dombele is better than Erdegaard and Wilf and, and, and <laughs> I got absolutely <laughs> Yeah, and I've learned you know from what? my lesson. Harry, so there you go, I people. take it I'm back. There are some mistakes. things that are unforgiven. <laughs> there are some things that are unforgivable, right? There is some things that are unforgivable, and that is one of them. I'll take everything I'm back. Lace him. Whoever you are out there, lace him. That kind of... I, ah. I, I apologise, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to end it up there. Right? Thank you uh, to Tariq. Uh, give us another plug for your YouTube channel, mate. How can people find it? Thank you so much, Harry. And Tariq Talks, people, I just want to say a massive thank you to Harry. And you know what? People in the chat, show your love by hitting that like button because Harry has inspired <coughs> me to create this channel. Um, seeing what he's done, providing the balance views, that's what I've always wanted to do on for not just Arsenal, but for other people's clubs as well. And the community that we have is amazing with people like Trev, Moss, like I call him Wilf because of that. This is how close we've grown together and you're more than welcome. Guess what? We don't bite. Well, Moss is Mario might bite, but yeah, go subscribe to Tariq Talks, people. That You'll be more than welcome trying to build a community like this. Why, why is he called Wilf? I, I've not... Uh, is it me that's just not... Basically, because his last name... I wanted to give him a nickname, Cream Bone. Yeah. People call him Boney and I just call him Wilfred Boney. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get yeah. it. Uh, Moss, uh, let people know how they can follow you, mate, uh, on social media. And thank you for joining us and your support, of course. Oh, I've got him on mute. My bad. Probably good to mute me sometimes. And Mary, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, as I always said, I was listening to you on Spotify. And I mean, not to say my last two years is any worse than anybody else's. I mean, it's it's been tough for everybody i think the last couple of years and uh man i just start you know because we don't get all the banter the rumors transfer news over here i just just like well i listened to boston bruins miami dolphin i was like i'll find an arsenal podcast and i i was so glad i found you harry and uh i i listened to tom too and i'm ck moss 16 on instagram i'm on Tariq talks quite a bit <laughs> uh but yeah it's like I, and then when I realized this is on YouTube and you can comment and go live, I was like, oh, my God. And uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, joining your membership, just a big plug, because to be honest, it's one of the best things I've ever done. I've met lots of great friends. I mean, most of my friends over here are Man U or Liverpool fans. And uh, it's just awesome to be part of this discord. And uh, and, and man, I've made some, made some great friends. So subscribe and become a member. That's all I got to say. Cheers, man. Thank you so much. And uh, Wilf, I'm going to start calling you Wilf now as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. CB. Um, yeah. There's, there's I, worse I, things I, we could call you, to be fair. So yeah, 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 I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, just to reiterate what Tariq and Moss have said, um, thanks, Harry, for creating this community. Um, I, like Moss said it before. It's helped me through some really tough times, uh, like everybody else. Um the, the the both communities, Tariq's as well, because I'm I'm I've it's it's kind of like a spin-off and I love it and it it just brings a smile to my face and joy to my day. Um and thank you for being welcomed and, and also um supplying this, you know, facilitating it. Um you can find me at cream underscore bone on Instagram. Uh you'll always see me on 
uh, Tariq talks because I love to give him grief. Um, and it's it's the only reason I live for. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, yeah, you'll see me on both of your channels. Brilliant stuff. Thank you all so much for taking part as well. Uh, really, really do appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back very soon with more Arsenal and Premier League related content. Uh, that's been our first member stream. I've really enjoyed it. Love that we started talking about one thing and then we ended up somewhere completely different. But that's that's the best thing about it. Uh, great to chat to you guys. Thank you for coming on. Thank you to everyone who's been with us in the live chat as well. We've hit the 200 likes target. Why not try to get it to 250 by the time we log out? Be a bit cheeky. Why not? Uh, thank you all so much. Don't forget to subscribe on the audio platforms if that's where you listen to us from and leave us a review if you're an Apple podcast listener. We'll be back tomorrow with more. Until then, goodbye. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.